Welcome to the Sooners Extra Podcast, powered by the Oklahoman. The Sooners Extra Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Aber, joined as always by uh, Abby Bitterman, fellow you beat writer, and a special guest today, sports editor, a sports editor. That's I think it's a, that's the first time we've said that on this podcast. I believe it is a magical day, Jeff, for the Sooners Extra Podcast. We yes. had a we had sports editor uh, Ryan Sharp on on a post game podcast. Uh, Deputy uh, sports editor Jeff Patterson ago. has been on. The right, podcast, I think that was uh, the week I was uh, out. Yes, but uh, I imagined you that week looking like Val Kilmer in Heat <laughs> after he <laughs> he had to have that emergency surgery. <laughs> Yeah, it was something like that. <laughs> it, was, it was a rough, rough week. It's still rough at times, but we're getting through it a little bit better every day. Um, get a little bit more used to just living with one arm. You can do a little bit more things. We'll uh, be ready by like. spring training. Let's hope so. But yeah. uh, the the rehab is, is fully underway at this point. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll have my fastball tuned up by then. But... Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I want to start off, Jeff, with your perspective on Saturday night's game in in Waco. And obviously, Abby and I were there and caught up in the middle of all the craziness. But uh, what was it like watching that game? And I, I imagine I can't remember if you were you were at home, right? Yeah, I was actually at home. Uh, my wife actually also <laughs> just had surgery recently, and so I, uh, you know, was on home duty. So. I had my nice mega desk <laughs> setup of uh, the OU game on. Um, you know, throughout the day I had like the Georgia Auburn game on the iPad. Like can, I, I'm, a, I'm a Kentucky grad, so I had the Kentucky uh, Vanderbilt game on a laptop and uh, Texas on uh, the, the TV. So uh, you know, it was nice, nice day of football of watching a bunch of games while also working. But honestly, that second quarter. When oh you got down, I was honestly looking at Alamo Bowl <laughs> ticket, you know, like ticket prices, uh, hotel prices, all that stuff. Because you know, it I mean, it was bleak. It was so so bleak. Um, you know, everything that could go wrong was going wrong, and um, you know, I think we all pro- pretty much saw the same thing. I remember at the Rose Bowl in 2017 uh, at 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 halftime. Barry said, um, we all should have bought our tickets to Atlanta back in September. And I would say that the exact course, at the, time, the situation was exactly the opposite at halftime on Saturday. <laughs> and at the time when Barry said that, um, the Oklahoman crew already had our tickets to Atlanta. We did that to <laughs> save money in the long run. Um, well, then you would it, tell Barry that you had done that because... I'm yeah, sure he, Barry knew. I'm sure he knew. I mean, Barry bought his own ticket. That's so fair. He, he knew, but I'm sure he was just making a joke. But uh, It was a good expression. Yeah. And it, you know, uh, that obviously that game turned and Georgia mm-hmm. wound up winning. And uh, instead of being in Atlanta that, that weekend, I was in Morgantown, West Virginia for basketball in the absolute coldest environment I've ever been a part of because uh, – when I got up on Sunday morning, that was a Saturday night game. When I got up on Sunday morning to uh, drive from my hotel in Pittsburgh to the airport, my rental car said 14 below 
Ooh. I've been in colder. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they used to close my school uh, because it was too cold out to go to school. Negative 40. Ooh. Well, that's with the wind chill. It was only like negative like 25 out, but then with the wind chill, it's negative 40, and it's not safe <laughs> to wait for a school bus or this walk. Is true. So I you mean, can't go to school. That Rose Bowl weekend was insanely cold everywhere. And I actually had to, you know, I was watching and working from a, I think it was a Super 8 in. Like Kansas or Missouri no, it was some, somewhere, I can't right? I remember which, it was a small I vaguely place remember in, that. in Missouri. <laughs> yeah, somewhere. It, it was, was, it was so, nice it was like in Southern eight. California. Yeah, definitely not in Sedalia or wherever we were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, let's let's get back on the rails a little bit and, and talk first about Saturday night and sort of recapping because I think, you know, even earlier in the week, obviously OU has TCU, and we'll do some OU-TCU talk a little bit later, but it doesn't feel like it's time to move on from this game. As no. as big as it was for OU's hopes in the Big 12, You know, Jeff, you mentioned looking up Alamo bowl prices, and now it's much more likely that they get to at least the, the Peach sugar. Bowl. Yeah, or, or you know, I would I would say if you're talking about likelihood of Peach Bowl versus Alamo Bowl, m- much more on the side of the Peach Bowl. Um, and I I think if OU makes the playoff, that's probably where they'll wind up in the Peach Bowl. Uh, Atlanta and uh, the, the the Fiesta Bowl in Arizona are the two uh, semifinal sites this year. But you know, the the Sugar remains a possibility. Obviously, if OU uh, doesn't make the playoff or if something crazy happens and Baylor, it would have to be Baylor, wins out, beats OU in the, the, the uh, conference championship game and makes the playoff somehow, uh, then, then OU would wind up in New Orleans. It's going to take a lot uh, for Baylor to make the playoff. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't really see it happening. Um, you know, there would be a chance that OU could make the Cotton Bowl as a as a New Year's Six at large, um, if they were to to not win the Big Twelve, so there's a it's a long way from uh, the Alamo Bowl right now, just because of what happened Saturday night. Yeah, definitely. I think that you know if if you're OU, like OU, like kind of just said saved saved itself a lot with that second half comeback. Um, you know, I've never been to the Alamo, so maybe it would have been cool to see the Alamo, but <laughs> yeah, it happens, I think, like, it happens near where well, the Alamo is, right, I assume? Yeah, it's just okay. like, uh, I can't remember exactly how far away it is, but it's not far away at all. But uh, San Antonio Abbey is close enough where you can drive down there for a weekend, and it doesn't need to be for work or the I've Alamo been busy. Bowl. right but sometime football season ends and basketball season eventually ends and sometimes you need stuff to do with your weekends when OU softball's not at home then I might take a trip down and (laughs) see the Alamo you go many places Ryan Aber will be your travel guy I think they have a nice (laughs) river walk but this isn't a podcast promoting travel to San Antonio (laughs) so yeah it's sort of weird that we get off on this long tangent about San Antonio Given the fact that OU is uh, very unlikely yeah. uh, to go there, which if you're a Sooner fan is Cowboy a extra one. very good thing. <laughs> That's a, a possibility for them, but um, 
Jeff, I thought uh, Barry Trammell's column on Monday was really interesting, talking about the plays that made this comeback, and not just the obvious ones, not the Gabe Burkich field goal or um, the, the the takeaways, which were obviously massive, but some of the uh, lesser known plays, the plays that can sort of get forgotten in the the string of a comeback like that, and I thought. Uh, the, one of the most interesting ones was a play that didn't wind up going really in OU's favor at all. A, an awful snap that uh, leaves Jalen Hurts scrambling. You think, well, maybe he's going to just dive on it. He's able to scoop it up, have the one, have the time to have the thought, hey, I don't need to just jump on this because it would put us out of field goal range and we'd be sort of dead in the water at that point. Um but to be able to make the play and scoop it up, get it back to the line of scrimmage, throw it incomplete, not try to force a pass where there wasn't one earlier in the season. He tried to force a pass in a similar situation, wound up being intercepted. Uh, you know, I, I thought that that was as big a play as any in this game. Yeah, and uh – I'm sorry. Did you ask Jeff that I, question? I, I, I did ask I'm Jeff. I'm sorry. But, but to be fair, I said Jeff like – two minutes ago so yeah. no, it had been a while but i mean that play though like lincoln riley said they had they had coached for that situation because like you talked about you know just a week earlier uh jalen hurts had a situation where he got in trouble late in the game and and he got intercepted and iowa state was one part parnell motley pick pick off from winning the game so uh they they needed Jalen Hurts to make a smart play like that, and Lincoln Riley said that he showed them many many a time that play from the 2016 Sugar Bowl where Baker Mayfield does a really similar thing against Auburn, and now he doesn't have to show them that anymore because he can just show Jalen Hurts <laughs> doing that. Yeah, that all sounds oh. great, guys. <laughs> <laughs> they don't call him the best color man in the league for nothing, folks. Fly ball, caught. Um, yeah, I mean, I think. Any game like this, you can point to a million different things, um, and which is why it's good to have um, you know content like what Barry Barry did on Sunday for for this because like you look back and like if this didn't happen, then where are we sitting right now? What are we talking about? Um, and yeah, so many different things could have gone wrong for for OU and. Um, you know, I come back to, and what many people have obviously talked about is the similarities with that Super Bowl with the Falcons. Like, you're up 28-3, and like, yeah, it's over, but there's so much time left. And all it takes is like, all right, well, you get a touchdown here, it's now a, you know, three-possession game, and then you get a stop. Like, there's so much time. Like, you can't, you know, you can't play prevent defense and or you know you can't yeah, for slow, half a yeah football. yeah you can't like shut everything down and try to hold on to to a win you're you know if you're playing not to lose you're gonna lose um, and that's what I take away from from Baylor like you know they had all that energy you have a Saturday night you know game day is there you know you have all this energy and you know did they did they run out like in the second quarter I don't know which. To me, I mean, there's all kinds of plays that you can point to in this game, but that, Jeff, sort of points me to a play that happened late in the first half of the game um, 
third and four from the OU 11. Baylor has got a chance to score with, uh, I can't remember exactly what, what the time was left, but not much at all. I think it was inside a minute. Um, Neville Gallimore gets in the backfield and is able to uh, force Charlie Brewer into an incomplete pass. And Baylor has to settle for a field goal there. And instead of being a uh, 35-10 to 10 game at halftime, it's a 31-10 to 10 game at halftime. And OU goes into halftime, as weird as it sounds, feeling like they had a little bit of momentum. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You said Jeff again. No, I didn't. I was just oh. waiting for one of you to, oh. you know, answer. Sorry. Um, no, I think that I need to have a big sign. That yeah, time to hold yeah. up who I'm asking questions to. But like that, it, you can like change it, like the way you change the yeah the down, the, the down marker. Yeah. yeah, just have a Jeff. Yeah. Jeff, your turn to yeah. talk. Um, no, but I think that. Uh, you know, I yeah, they talk, everyone talked about after the game how at halftime, you know, in the locker room, they, they still felt like they had a lot of hope. They felt like they could make the comeback where if you would have asked me in the press box at halftime what I thought was going to happen, it was not – I would I would have been wrong about the outcome of the game. Well, I mean, so, let's, let's be honest. We all would have yes. been. Um, Vince Carter, it's over. Because <laughs> yes. one of the things, you know, I think uh, – getting a little bit inside baseball here but one of the things a lot of people i'm not sure realize is you know our stories have to be in very quickly after games um (laughs) the the other night was tell tell me about it within 10 minutes of the game being over and you've got to have you know 470 approximately if you're writing uh, the length that we generally hit especially for night games day games we can write a little bit more because Boards. We have time to think. Not, not pages or inches or yeah. <laughs> Four hundred and seventy pages about <laughs> OU Baylor yeah. turned in yeah. ten minutes after yeah. the 470 game. Four hundred seventy words with uh, with a one armed Ryan Aber go. But um, you know, so you've got to be writing during the game, and sometimes without knowing what's going to happen, and then figure out a way to make it all coherent after that happens yeah and uh i i can't speak for barry trammell especially because um i'm not i don't think he got a whole lot down the road in writing he did not um his column but i pretty much had a story mostly written about how jalen hurts struggled and uh, he's been great all year, but this this was his worst performance as a Sooner. Uh, and I started really writing that after the, the third fumble of the game, the one at the goal line in the second half, where it looks like this is OU's chance to get back in the game. All of a sudden, he fumbles. Baylor gets the ball back. And, I mean, at that point, I think everybody around sort of that wasn't on the OU sidelines – you know, thought that this was over until all of a sudden it just wasn't. When did you guys feel that, like, all right, OU's going to win this game? Like, what point did you think that was going to happen? Honestly, not until they were about to tie. They were, like, on the uh, they were on the drive to score the touchdown that tied it, and I think that's when I looked at Perry and I was like, is this going to happen? <laughs> Are they going to yeah. do this? Um, I, for me, it was like once they caught it, uh, you know, got it down to, you know, like a one possession game. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, you could just, you can just sense that Baylor, 
at that point was either going to throw the ball away or just not, you know, not yeah. move the ball. I think, yeah, I think that, you know, you know after they held them and, that, like, after that happened, after they held them and then that drive, their, their next offensive drive started to go well. That's when I was like, this is it. You know, for me it was a little bit later, actually, and, and <laughs> I think Abby happened. remembers this because Barry came over to me and said, OU's going to win this game. And it was the – I mean, I think we both had the realization at the same point. And it was – the game was actually already tied. Um, OU it had gotten the stop. Um, you know, another great uh, play there from Ronnie Perkins on, on second down that helps put uh, Baylor behind the chains. And OU gets the ball back. Hurts is sacked on the first drive or first play of – what wound up being their uh, last regular drive of the game. And Lincoln Riley on second and 14 dials up Kennedy Brooks on a run. And I, I thought that that really showed the difference in this game versus like the Kansas State comeback mm-hmm. and at other times when OU has really gotten away from running the football. Um, when things have gone poorly for them. And obviously by that point, things were going pretty well for him. But the confidence that he had in Kennedy Brooks, who's been phenomenal all of his career really, especially in keeping hold of the ball and ball security, things like that, the confidence in his offensive line, which they had had to make a change there with R.J. Proctor moving into the lineup and Eric Swenson, and it wasn't an injury situation. It was just Proctor uh, – well, they Lincoln Riley said that they wanted to play Proctor going in, but the fact is Eric Swenson wasn't playing well at all. They put R.J. Proctor in, and all of a sudden the offense starts coming alive, so they leave R.J. Proctor in, and they were phenomenal the rest of the game. But Kennedy Brooks on second and 14 to rush for 32 yards, that's the moment when uh, me and a, a lot of other people said, oh, OU's not only going to – well, they, at that point they'd finish the comeback part of it, but they're going to win. And it's exactly what happened. I mean, they they go down. Obviously, the, we talked about the Hurts incompletion that wound up being so big a little bit later. But, uh, uh, you know, Lee Morris makes a big-time play there uh, on that drive. And then Gabe Burkich obviously uh, figure, fi- finishes it off with the field goal on OU's defense does it in the end but uh we're running way over for that segment but we're gonna take a quick break i'm sorry be back that's a, that's all right there's a lot to unpack here uh with this game but uh we're gonna be back here in uh just a minute if you uh get a chance we would really appreciate it if you would go to uh you know apple podcast google podcast app or wherever you listen Uh, to your podcast and shoot us a review. I'm Ryan Aber here with Abby Bitterman and Jeff Patterson, and this is the Sooners Extra Podcast presented by Zaxby's. Welcome back to the Sooners Extra Podcast presented by Zaxby's. I'm Ryan Aber. Here again with Abby Bitterman and Jeff Patterson. Abby. Abby? Yes. I said Abby. Yes. Uh, Abby Gale. Uh, oh, no. Uh, don't tell the people. <laughs> we, won't, we won't share that. I mean, it's You just obvious. did. It's literally you on the did. podcast we now. We didn't say, we the, I didn't say the, like, 
I mean, I think everybody knows that your first name, given name is Abigail. Yeah, it's but not like it's a. You didn't have to pronounce it the way my cousins Jack and Hank do. Well, I didn't say that part, but you did. Well, now they know. <laughs> anyway, uh, Abby. Yes. <laughs> I'm OU's, OU's defense obviously had been a rough uh, few weeks for for Alex Grinch and that group. Um, Roller coaster. And not a whole lot of up not to the yet. roller coaster. It was Real a, flat a couple, roller coaster. A couple of quick ups and then really quick downs that yeah. sort of stayed there. Kind of um, like how I feel about the Raging Bull at Six Flags Great America. I've never never been to Six Flags Great America. Six Flags Over Texas is uh, the Six Flags I've been to. But let's uh, we're gonna try to keep. Oh yes, this sorry, on we gotta point. we gotta stay <laughs> focused this time. Yeah. We, what, Real long in the first segment. Yeah. I'm focused. But, um, is this the real OU defense, or is the defense that we've seen for the last two and a half games before that the real OU defense? Who even who even knows at this point? Like you you'd think that if you're one if your defense plays one way for six straight games, that that's who they are. But then all of us but then you look back at the quality of teams they played in those games and then they start to slip back into their old ways of the recent seasons and you're like no it's this is who they've been this whole time and then all of a sudden they get two turnovers and hold Baylor to zero points and like 69 yards in the second half and you're like no it was just a slip this is the real OU defense so who even who even knows what the real OU defense is? There maybe the maybe the real OU defense is I want to say the friends we made along the way, but <laughs> the real OU defense is just a roller coaster of ups and downs, and there's no there's no stability to be found in terms of one way to play. Yeah, I think that in a lot of ways what we saw over the last two and a half weeks is the real OU defense because the turnovers were you know I think we talked about them and there's a fair amount of people talked about them Alex Wrench talked about them quite a bit even when they were playing well that those turnovers have to come and those hadn't come so that that's disconcerting but I think the fact that they got pressure on Charlie Brewer in the second half, and I wrote about this uh, for Monday's Oklahoman. It's centered around Ronnie Perkins, but Neville Gallimore had some some big time pressure as well, and also Gallimore eating up a couple defenders opened things up for Ronnie Perkins. Um, so I, I think it's a cop out of an answer, but I think it's a little bit of both because OU's defense isn't as good, I don't think, as the way they showed in the second half on Saturday. But they're not as bad as they'd shown before that because just just sheer luck, they're going to get more turnovers at some point, and those happened, uh, you know, obviously in two critical moments on Saturday, and you would think at some point they would continue to happen. But they've got to keep doing what's made them successful outside of turnovers, and that's you know get pressure on the quarterbacks. Uh, help out the the secondary as much as possible, and you know have guys like Delarian Turner, Yell, especially at safety, Kenneth Murray. When those guys are flying around making plays, uh, and Neville Gallimore, that's when this defense is at its best. 
and that's disappeared sometimes due to scheme. It's uh, on the offensive side. It's disappeared sometimes. I think just that uh, relentlessness uh, at times has gone away. But uh, they need to keep that up if they want to keep this momentum going. Do you think teams have you know, honed in on Kenneth Murray as a guy to try to you know, minimize his, his impact? Because he was so, so good in the first you know, month or so of the season. Yeah, you know, I think that some teams have, uh, you know, especially Kansas State's scheme was able to take advantage of maybe some uh, over-aggressiveness on the, the, the part of Kenneth Murray. And, and obviously that aggressiveness is built into Alex Grinch's defense. He wants that. Um, but you've got to figure out ways to overcome that. And I, I thought that Kenneth Murray did that in the second half on Saturday against Baylor. They really need him to keep doing it because, you know, teams as good as he's been this year, teams are going to try to scheme ways to make his impact less on this uh, on their team and to force other guys to make plays. And when they haven't, then things get exposed and, and things go re- really wrong really quickly. But so so yeah, I think part of it is scheme, but they've got to figure out a way to to account for that in what they do. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. So Is it time to yeah, switch we, over to TCU. Yeah, and talking about how that might play out. Yeah, we're let's uh, you know, Jeff with the dynamite drop in there. We're going to take a break really quick. Here on the Sooners Extra Podcast presented by Zaxby's, we're going to come back on the other side, talk about OUTCU, and uh, looking forward to Saturday's game down in Norman, yet another night game uh, for the Sooners. Once again, the Sooners Extra Podcast is presented by Zaxby's. Welcome back to the Sooners Extra Podcast presented by Zaxby's. I'm Ryan Aber here with Abby Betterman and Jeff Patterson. And Jeff, we have a game coming up this weekend. I know we've talked we a lot. Well, uh, OU does. Right, okay, I was gonna, I, I didn't know. I'm I mean, a little bit worried about yeah, that. I need a stretch. And I mean, we, we, uh, I don't but have OU a, has a game. OU has a game. And we will talk about that and, game. And we, we will talk be, about the we'll game. And we will be it. engaged at, in that game. Uh I will be there. Abby will be there. You will presumably be, we'll be uh, in the office working from uh, downtown Oklahoma City. Yes. Um, it's cousin Gary Patterson and the Horn Frogs face the soon. Yeah, this is this is going to be a little bit different than the last time the Horn Frogs uh, came to Norman uh, two years ago when uh, TCU. Gosh, what were they? They were number eight in the country. Oh, I think they were a good team. They were a really good team that year uh, in in 2017. And OU just uh, got after him really uh, right out of the gate. TCU did take a quick lead really early in that game after OU had to settle for a field goal. I think it was on the first drive. But uh, after that, it was the Rodney Anderson-Baker Mayfield show. Anderson rushed for 151 yards, a couple touchdowns. Baker Mayfield, uh, let's see, what did he finish with? 333 yards. And three touchdowns that day in his uh, send-off. Well, not his send-off against TCU because they wound up playing in the Big 12 title game a few weeks later. But uh, this TCU game, this TCU team doesn't quite have the same bite to it. 
No, and in that team in 17, I don't have the stats in front of me, so I'm just going to make them up. But I could swear they finished in the top 10 of total defense that year. They, they were a really good defense that year. Um, far and away the best defense in the Big 12. Um, and they uh, they held a lot of teams to real low numbers, except for the couple times that they played Oklahoma, as Oklahoma averaged uh, right about 40 uh, points per game. They scored 79 points on them in two games. And uh, let's see, nobody other uh, – three teams scored above 30 on them outside of OU, the two OU games, but they held six opponents to a touchdown or, f- or less. I think – Including Texas, Arkansas, uh, K-State scored six, Texas Tech – Texas Tech scored three points against TCU that year. Not good, Cliff. I think in the then that uh, Big 12 championship game that year, you know, going into it, I was like, ooh, anyone could win. And then I think it was Caleb Kelly, like, recovered a fumble right away, and it was like – and right away it was like, no, only one team can <laughs> win. Yeah, that was uh, – I don't know if it was a, a, a well. It was it was a quick one. I mean, it was forty-one to seventeen. It was seventeen to nothing, really quick. But it, TCU did come back and make that a game there at halftime. They cut it to a, a seven-point deficit right before half uh, there, and then uh, Michael Jones and, and Marquise Brown, Michael Jones of all people, had a massive a name you uh, don't hear often fifty-five-yard touchdown pass from Baker Mayfield that I think it was. If it wasn't on the first play of the second half, it was really early, mm-hmm. like the first couple plays, because it just wound up being uh, inside of the first minute of the second half. Michael Jones is in the end zone. Uh, Marquise Brown scores, uh, scores a few minutes later, and then they're off, and all of a sudden it's a blowout, and OU just sort of uh, you know kills the rest of that game. But uh, this TCU team, I, I think – They've continued to get better. Um, they don't have the defense that that one a couple years ago did. But this defense, even though they gave up uh, gave up a lot of points last week against TCU, they gave up 31. It was the 33-31 final. Um, Wait, against who? Wait, uh, you uh, mean against, Tech? Against Texas yeah. Tech, sorry. Um, getting confused a little bit, obviously. We're old. Um, but this defense isn't – you know, up there with Gary Patterson's best, but they've gotten a whole lot better over the last few weeks. And honestly, they should have. I mean, should have beat Baylor just two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, I mean they, they had Baylor on the ropes. Up. Yeah, you know, they're they're five and five right now, and obviously they've got to beat either OU or West Virginia to make a bowl. But some of their losses have just been heartbreaking. They lost by a touchdown to OSU. They lost by uh, six points to 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 Baylor earlier this month in a in a game that went to triple overtime just a phenomenal finish to that game uh, a couple of the the best pl- catches that I've ever seen at the end of that one uh, you know they were able to squeak by uh, Texas Tech the you know the SMU game early in the season we didn't know obviously how good SMU would wound up being turns out they're pretty good but uh, the Mustangs squeezed the the uh, horn frogs 41 to 38 so this isn't an incapable team. It's just one that hasn't quite figured out, you know, how to win big games yet. Yeah. You know, 
whenever I think about TCU and Norman, I flash back to 2015 when I was but a freshman in college, and uh, and Stephen, I believe it was Stephen Parker, had to bat that ball away at the last second. He did for OU to win that game, and like all, th- I have never seen OU fans just just throw things in the air, but like. People in the student section were just throwing hand warmers because it was a cold one, and like cups and stuff in the air until the game ended. After that happened, it was wild, and I think that was also when Baker Mayfield had a concussion or something, and Trevor Knight was in. And yeah, Baker Mayfield got concussed. Uh, what was it? Right before halftime, I believe, in that game. Yeah, and then and then Trevor Knight went in, and everyone was like, "Oh no, Trevor Knight's in. This can't go well." But. but um. Sorry, Abby. Y- you know one of the the interesting matchups for for this game. Um, looking at Saturday, is uh, a guy who was committed to the Sooners um, for for quite a while, Jalen Rieger. Uh, been a fantastic receiver for for TCU. I think uh, doesn't have just sort of eye-popping numbers this year because he got off to a little bit of a slow start. But I think to me, if you're looking at a key matchup for Saturday night's game, Rieger versus whoever he's matched up against, whether that's Parnell Motley, um, who we're going to have something later in the week on, uh, courtesy of uh, Abigail over here. Mm. Um, hate that. <laughs> we can hear that, 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 I mean, the story will be good. Oh, right? oh love the story. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, Jeff, I think that that's a, a big matchup to watch on Saturday night. Yes, will be my short and sweet <laughs> answer. Um, I, mean, I, mean, I think uh, Jalen came out of like uh, Big 12 media days as one of those darling uh, keep an eye on kind of guys. And, you know, obviously TCU hasn't like flashed um, the way they would have obviously liked to. But, you know, you, you can tell you can tell his talent. So. Um, I don't know. And the big thing, obviously, for any team that plays OU is stopping OU. Um, I mean, Rieger may get may get his, but it still yeah, feels. You, it, I mean, gotta, it still feels like a thirty-four twenty kind of game. Yeah, I think you've got to stop OU enough to uh, obviously make that have an impact. And Baylor did that in the first half last Saturday. K State and Iowa State did that at times. So we'll see if. TCU and Gary Patterson, who's one of the best defensive minds in college football, are able to do that as well. But we're going to wrap that up, uh, wrap up the Sooners Extra podcast right there. We're going to be back later in the week talking some more uh, specifics about OUTCU and also uh, some of the things that we've heard this week. Maybe we'll have an update on C.D. Lamb by that time, and and maybe we can uh, hopefully get a guest on. But uh, thank you so much for joining us on the Sooners Extra podcast. You can check out our work every day at Oklahoman.com and every morning in the Oklahoman for the best OU coverage anywhere. You can reach out to me uh, through email, R-A-B-E-R at Oklahoman.com or on Twitter at R-Y-A-B-E-R. Abby? At Abby underscore Bitterman for the tweets. A Bitterman at Oklahoman.com on email. (laughs) And, and for me, Jeff, uh, I accept candy grams and carrier also pigeons. <laughs> carrier pigeons. Uh, email at jpatterson at oklahoman.com. On Twitter at jeffpat, OKC, J E F F P A T T, OKC. 
And you're not going to give your phone number like Barry does? No. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I can give you Barry's phone number, but <laughs> you can find us. Once again, the Sooners Extra Podcast is presented by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Thank you so much again for joining the Sooners Extra Podcast. We'll see you later this week. <laughs>